0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of Upper Room Christian Fellowship in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for listening. Morning. We are in what we call really Wonderful news in the Gospel message. One that is important for us to not just know this, but also what it means to us and applying it in our lives. We've been learning that we died with Christ, that we now live with Him. That sin no longer has any dominion over us. We're free. But how do we, if you will, practice that in a practical way, day to day? This morning, we're going to learn what it means. So if you will, stand with me. We are in Romans chapter 6. you have your Bible there? Starting at verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Let's pray. Father, our prayer this morning is just as we've been singing and worshiping you, That worship really does continue in a day-to-day basis. Lord, our prayer is this morning that we would all have ears to hear, but a heart to receive what your Spirit would teach us through your Word. What we can count on daily. What we can understand moment by moment. That our life is hidden in Christ in such a power and such a strength that even, yes, even us, even I, can walk in unity and in the power of Jesus Christ. The day-to-day moment by moment, if I so choose. Lord, our prayer is is that each one of us would understand these things and choose rightly. Bless this morning, Lord, we pray. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, understanding that God has given us so much that we have been Crucified with Christ. That old me is dead. Long live the new me. In Christ Jesus, I am new. And so are you. So, in verse 11, it says, Likewise, this being so, Likewise, reckon yourselves. That word reckon, again, is a numbers word. It means count, compute, calculate to take into account, it deals with hard facts, with reality. I liked math. <clears throat> Not that I loved math, but I liked math. Why? Because it made common sense. It made sense. There's only one answer, one right answer. English, literature, all that other stuff, it always seems like I got the wrong point that the teacher was trying to present. It was like, but this is what I got out of it. So it was kind of frustrating to me because it's subjective many ways. But not math. See, regardless of what they tell you, 2 plus 2 equals 4. It always will. Now, I'm old-fashioned. You may laugh at me, and I don't care. I balance my checkbook. That's the thing that you write checks in. A lot of you don't know, even know what that is. I balance my account every month. I get a statement in the mail, and I am able to over check where the money has went and what money remains. And at the end, it needs to balance out. And if it doesn't balance out, I have to figure out why it doesn't balance out. It's not subjective. There's a truth to it. Now, I was off this past month, a few days ago. I was off hundreds of dollars. And I'm thinking, what? Now, again, it's a process. You have to go over all the numbers over and over again. But you also have to go through your checkbook. And I realized again, after I saw the number how much I was off, I go, wait a minute. I know that number. And sure enough, three months ago, this check still hasn't cleared. And there it was. But see, it was a hard fact. It was a truth. It was something that I could count on. That's what this is. It's balancing my bank account. I reckon my balance here I am to take God at His word and reckon myself dead to sin. Take into account. It is a fact I am dead to sin. Sin has no more power over me. It doesn't matter how I felt about my statements in my bank account. I wasn't going, "Oh, somehow this doesn't feel right. I just this can't be right. It can't be true because it was in my favor. I'll be honest with you. No, see, it has nothing to do with that. It's a fact. This is what you have. It's simple math. It's simple biblical truth. This is what's been given to us. It's for us to take into account these things to be true, but not just that I'm dead to sin. But I'm also alive to God. That is that I have been given a divine nature, the divine nature of God. This new nature gives me the desire, the power to regulate my life in obedience to the word of God. But see, in the grammar, it also means to keep on reckoning. To keep taking it back to the account. Every month I get that statement, bank account statement. I have to figure them out. Every single day we are to take into account, I have been born again. I am dead to sin. I am alive to God in Christ Jesus. I am alive. Whether I feel like it or not, whether I feel like I have overcome sin or not, this is a spiritual truth. It is a biblical truth. It is a fact. And all we can say is hallelujah, amen, and so be it. I am alive to God, and I must do this in a day-to-day manner. It doesn't change. God doesn't go up there and go, man, your account is, you know, you're overbalanced. doesn't work. You're out. Never. And remember, what He puts into our account is never-ending. His grace is never ending. His mercy is never ending. His love is never ending. His power is never ending. It's yours. On a day-to-day manner to reckon these things so. And again, remember, it's not the old Texas thing. I say, I guess I reckon it's true. No, it's to count it as true. It is done. Look at verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. That word reign means to exercise kingly power. Or really, if you will, what it means is stop allowing the sinful nature to reign as king in your mortal body. In the Greek grammar, that's basically what it's saying. Stop. Remember, reckon, take this to account. Now stop allowing the sinful nature to reign as king in your mortal body. We've been set free to choose who will reign in our hearts. It is our responsibility of not allowing our sinful nature to sit as king on the throne of our hearts. The place where only one king deserves to sit. And it ain't you. And it ain't me. Mortal body. See, again, the body is not evil. I know you think, oh, the body's evil. No, it's not. It's just a body. Ah problem with the body it's 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 what houses in it me i'm the one that makes the fingers go like this whether to scratch my face give a thumbs up thumbs down i'm in control now i used to do this joke with my kids all of a sudden my hand would start acting up and start slapping my face and I'd be pulling it down, and they'd be laughing, of course, and I'd be pulling it down as if I had no control over it, and I'd tell it to behave, and then it would slap me again in the face. I was the one who was holding control of it. But for some reason, they always wanted me to slap harder and harder and harder. And it's the same thing with our bodies. Our bodies are just neutral. It's what we do with them. Notice they're mortal. It's temporary. I'm going to get a new body. So are you. These bodies are just temporary. Ah, the body I'm going to get, though. You'll see me. I'll be in the corner with actually bronze skin. I won't be afraid of the sun anymore. Notice, though, verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey in its lusts. The sinful desires, the cravings, the longings of that old sinful nature, those old patterns and desires to sin. Notice also it says that you should obey it. That word basically means this, to listen to, to hearken, of one who, excuse me, of one who on the knock at the door comes to answer. This is literal, this is figuratively, but this is actually what it means. You don't have to answer. Sin, lust, knocks on the door. What it's saying is, I don't have to listen to it anymore. Oh, but you say it's so hard. I know it's hard. I too have cravings and desires. I've got this weird craving every night. I always blame my wife, but it's not her fault. All of a sudden, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but all of a sudden, it's 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, and I'm going... Of like something sweet right now. I was never like that before. But before, if I had that, it was like, ah, i got to go to bed. I ain't going to do that. But now it's like it's calling to me. I'm thinking, oh, there's ice cream up there. The other day I, I took some ice cream. I didn't know who it was. There's some ice cream in there. Pulled it out. It's one of those, what Was it, Ben and Jerry's? Not Tom and Jerry's. It's Ben and Jerry's, right? And I'm sitting there eating it. And all of a sudden my daughter comes home. I go, want to bet this is hers. I walk in and she goes, what are you eating my ice cream for? Sorry, I had a craving. I couldn't control it. I could. But you understand, we all have these cravings and desires. They jump up any time. But really, when it says get some ice cream, I can say no. But do I so choose to say no is the question, isn't it? I have to admit it was good. Coffee. it was good ice cream. It was coffee recommend it highly. My wife and my daughter over there shaking her head. Yeah, I bet it was. Look at verse 13. And do not present your members as instruments. That word present means to place a person or thing at one's disposal. To be ready at hand. To yield. To willingly place yourself under the authority of another in submission. To bring into fellowship or intimacy. Do not... Place yourself under your members. What's your members? You know what your members are. These are your members. These are your members. Every part of your body is your member. Even if you will, your emotions and desires. It's your members. It's part of you. But let's just do the physical. What my hands do. Where my feet take me. Where I want to go. It says don't present yourself. Don't present your members. Don't present them as instruments. That word instruments means tool, implement, weapon, or armor. To what? To sin. Don't yield to it. Don't give over to it. Don't present yourself. But what are we to do? But present yourselves to God. Being alive from the dead. Resurrected to new life with a new nature. Alive. Listen. We've talked about this before. To enjoy real life. This is what the word means. To have true life. A blessed life. Sin is pleasurable for a season. But you know what it gives and brings? It brings misery, guilt, shame, and fear. Oh, it's pleasure going down, but afterwards. Misery, shame, guilt, fear. Calculate. Let's think this through with. Because we do it. We just say we can't control ourselves. And then we, we partake of it, whatever that is. Mine the other day was ice cream. Yours could be something else. Not belittling, it's just that whatever drives you, whatever you push yourself, I use my mouth as an instrument to enjoy the pleasure as my hand took the spoon and dug into that Tom and Jerry's, Ben and Jerry's, whatever it is, and then put it to my mouth. It wasn't like my hand was doing this and my mouth was going, No, no, I can't do it! It wasn't doing that. My mind was working really together with my hand my mouth and the swallow. That's the other thing I didn't do. Once I got it to the mouth, I didn't go, no, you can't make me eat this and spit it out. But see, that's what we do with sin. We play with it. We say, no, I'm just gonna just twirl the spoon in it just for a second. And then you know what we do? We go, I'll just put it to my mouth. And I'll taste it. That's just taste it. And I'm not gonna swallow. But then before you know it, now I'm starting to swallow it. And then I'll dig in and take some more. See how that works? Ultimately, I'm the one that's in control. Oh, we can kid ourselves. We all struggle with certain sins. I realize that. But for me to stand up here and say, hey, You're just going to struggle and keep struggling. That's not biblical. Now, let me flip it over. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect either. We live in these bodies. And as John says in his epistle, if you say you don't sin, then you're a liar. But now it's to reckon that I have an account here. It's for me. And I can use to my benefit. Because God's promised it. It's there. It's done. Everything I need pertaining to godliness, I have. Now, am I willing to partake of it? Am I willing to accept it? Am I willing, if you will, to yield to Him and not myself? To yield obedience and submission to God. What does it bring? Peace. Purpose. Love. Joy. Oh! It doesn't gratify necessary instantly. And see, that's our struggle. Because I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes I wake up in the morning and there's times I just don't feel like doing certain things. You too? And I base it on my feelings. I don't feel right. I don't feel good. I feel down. I feel hurting. Where's the Ben and Jerry's? What can I do to instantly gratify myself? To make myself feel better? And then, like a sucker, as the enemy lures me, because that's what it, he does, that I partake, and I think, oh God, you're upset with me. You're mad at me. The truth of the matter is, he's up there going, no, I've given you everything you need. Will you accept it? And will you put it into practice? Will you hear my voice? Look at verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. That word dominion comes from a word, but it means it's koryo. Koryo. Does it sound familiar? See, the root word is koryos. Koryos is the Lord. It shall not lord over you. Just as I only have one to reign on my heart, there's only one that should lord over me. It's my Lord. I'm not under law. It's revealed that sin is dominion over us. But I'm not under that anymore. Look, verse 14. For you are not under law, but under grace. See, the law just reveals you're a sinner. Ah, but grace says I've given it all to you. Pertaining to godliness. It's in your account. Do you withdraw from it? Do you you take an account that this is true? Do you know this to be true? Do you reckon it to be true? And then do you withdraw from it? Do you yield to my lordship, presenting yourself to me or to yourself? And then we sit back and we go, well, let's see. Whenever I present myself to myself or the desires of self, it always ends up going to the same place. Oh, instantly in that moment when I don't desire to do anything. Anything godly? Anything righteous? Well, for that moment and for that second, it does. It appeases my flesh. But again, it brings misery and guilt and shame, fear. But when I find myself obeying God, it brings a peace, a joy, purpose. Then you think, well, what am I doing here? Why is this such a hard decision? Why it makes it so hard is because this mortal flesh is on this earthly plane. And I and you, we have experiences on this earth. From what I've seen, what I hear, what I've touched, what I've tasted, what I've felt. These seem good because it's instant gratification. We're into instant gratification. It's just like when we make things, how easy it is to throw in a microwave. Do you know what? A microwave hamburger is horrible. It's terrible. Yuck. Sometimes we defrost hamburger in the, in the microwave. And, you know, it's a good thing. But you can always tell when it's, it's in there too long. The edges start getting brown. My wife doesn't know this and don't tell her this because there's been times I've defrosted it and over-defrosted it and I was supposed to ground the beef. So I hurried up and put it in the there and started cutting it up and mixed it all in. You never know. But if I did that and cooked the whole thing through, it would be horrible. Yuck. Oh, it would have been done. But in the long run, it wouldn't have been very tasty. See, that's the mindset we have to understand now. To go on. Because see, again, like we've shared before, this is the time of darkness. This is where the enemy Loves to play havoc. Especially with you and me. Do whatever he can to make us feel beaten and whipped. To make you feel like you're a loser. Failure. There's no way you're going to get this. This is great biblical truth. but Do you know how many people have read over this and failed? It even agrees with me. The squeech, wasn't it? But see, this is a biblical truth. And God says, do you stand on my word? Do you take me for me at my word? That these things are so. It is true. And my love for you is just like we shared. It's infinite. It doesn't run out. How can I be disappointed when I know the end from the beginning? I chose you. You're going to make it. Now the choice for us is we going to make it, if you will, riding on the stallion with the Lord, or are we going to keep grumbling, groveling in the sand? That really is what our choices are. The Lord is going to bring us home. It's not up to how you feel. It's not even what you think of yourself. It's a truth that God has given to us, this truth. That I'm under grace. We already read in Romans chapter 5, so that sin, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Home. That's where we long to be. Home is where we shall be. Home is where this mortal body will be shed off, and I will have a new body. One that's eternal. I have two things I want to finish with, close with. The first one is titled, God has given us power. Do we use it? The first thing I want you to take note of (coughs) is He's given us power over ourselves. See, it's for you and me to choose every day who you're going to serve. In fact, that reminds me of Joshua, doesn't it? It says, whatever seems evil to you, to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites. Can we just put this in a little box for a second? See, these gods were basically how they can pleasure themselves. How they can get instant gratification. How they can worship their deities according to their flesh. You, you can do this. Or, as Joshua would say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But choose you this day to choose. In doing that and understanding Proverbs, it says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. And if you will, it's the throne room of God. Who do I choose to serve? He's given me the power to choose. It's free will. Remember verse 12? Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. Stop it. It's My choice. Second thing I want you to take notice of is the power over a dominating sin. It's kind of like that thing you just can't shake off. It's the thing the enemy likes to use against you to make you feel this small. In misery, shame, guilt. You know the verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. God says through Paul, No temptation is overtaking you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful again. But God is faithful, will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Who's got the hand on the thermostat? God. God knows our weaknesses. And I'm here to tell you, I am so thankful that God has had His hand on that thermostat throughout my life. Things could have gotten really ugly, and I know you can say the same for yourself. But see, God was always in control. But now again, remember something too. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever that main sin that you can't stand, God already knows about it. It's already forgiven. But it's keeping you from enjoying the life that God has called you to. It's to understand that you're not this weird animal. You're not this strange person. Oh, I'm the only one that suffers in this sin. No, more than likely, several people do, just even in this room. But even more so, it's, if your sin is chocolate ice cream, it might, might be chocolate cake. The point is, is we all struggle. And, but here's the beautiful thing. God uses those struggles to teach us. To minister to us. To strengthen us. To help us to take the free choice. I choose who I serve. I choose. Third thing I want you to take notice of is He, ta- he gives you power over those little tiny sins. You know those little dudes. Those little things that you just kind of, it's a little annoying about you. If you question what those things are, you could, if you're married, ask your spouse. They probably know what those little annoying things are. But see, the thing is, is again, it's those little annoying things that cause us to, again, to be in submission to our flesh. Given ourselves as an instruments, and if you will, those little things, or as actually the Song of Solomon likes to call them, those little foxes that spoil the vines. Because see, a little leaven leavens the whole lump, says in Corinthians. Those little sins is, is, is blinding you from the truth, blinding you from the freedom that you have in Christ Jesus. Again, it's not based on your feelings or your old patterns to the life that you have lived in the past. Because in God, all things are new. He's given us power over the world. In Galatians 6.14, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. John says it this way in his epistle, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Why is that so important? Well, I don't know about you, but the world's everywhere. We're in the world right now. Now, we're in a sanctuary right now, though it's a gymnasium, but there's nothing really here to distract you. Oh, but there is. There's each other, whether it's something annoying or something else. But the world is constantly at our attention because the enemy uses the world to tantalize your flesh. Whether it's you driving away from here and somebody cuts you off. And you start getting stirred up and get angry. Or or maybe it's something else. Maybe you were pouring yourself a, a bowl of cereal and you got the milk out and you poured it in there and you realized it's sour. And so then you get upset. See, it's those things in the world that constantly are bombarding us to let those little things enter in. Which also lead to bigger things. But see, what we have to understand and to reckon, to put into our account, is God has given us power over the world. It's who we yield ourselves to. It's who we submit ourselves to. The other thing I want you to take note of, and a lot of people have a hard time with this, this in this generation because for some reason the church is trying to teach something. Well, I say that. I should back that up. Many in the church are teaching something totally different. See, Scripture tells us we have power over the past. Let me repeat that. We have power over our past. In Isaiah 43, it says this, Remember ye not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which you know I quote a lot, is, therefore, if any man be in Christ, He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. I'm new. Now, I let him who is the great counselor, the one that is all wise, the one that even allows, well, I shouldn't say allow, but uses my sin to form me into the man of God that I'm called to be. That he also uses my past, but he's the one to bring it up, not me. I have found the past can be an avalanche of thoughts. Oh, it's so simple. I'll just show you how my mind works and my kids understand this. I can hear a phrase and a song will come to my mind. Now you might think that's cute, but then the song can also have some different words in it that are not good. Then all of a sudden I'm back in my youth and I might be at a time when I first heard that song. And I might be in a place that's not good. See, it's quick. It's amazing how you can get to the past. Or I can feel like, oh, I'll never overcome this sin because of my past. Because of what's happened to me. And see, I can get in this pity party. If this didn't happen, if that didn't happen, then I would be a better person. No, no, no. You might be saying, what? Because remember something. There's three things I want to remember. I'm just throwing three out there because I think I'm going to make three. But the first one is this. God's in control. God's the one that's forming. God's the one that's teaching. God's the that's one that's working. All these things out for His glory. We live in a contaminated world. We were born in the flesh. We were born in sin. We have an old nature. Now, us that have come to Christ have come to the realization, whether it's through sin of others or sin of myself, that this world is broken. I need something more. So I came to the cross and I came to Christ. Now, it's true, some have come on their hands and knees bleeding. Some have come and they've been hurt. That people abused them, mistreated them. Say mean things about them. Others have had circumstances that are overwhelming at times. Others have had addictions and everything else. You know what? I don't say praise God that those things happen, but praise God that they pushed you, they pushed you to the cross. The only answer. Are you with me? Not that I glory in my past. Not that I thank God a lot for my past. But I thank God He used my past to bring me to this place. That I am now born again. And now God says, now you are born again. I will use the things of your past to comfort those who have gone through similar things. But don't you go back there unless I tell you to. Listen to me. I'm telling you from the honest truth. I have learned something. And it's a struggle with me too. Because I am now years old. And I have a lot of past. That it's so easy to think of the should of, the could of, the would ofs, the might ofs. It's easy. In fact, many people call it, really if you call it, midlife crisis. The things that could have been done or the things they left behind or the things they're stuck with. It's all tools of the enemy. I can enter into that and use my members as a tool to the enemy and the world and its system. Or I can just say, you know what? I'm going forward because I am a new creation. Because every day I reckon myself I count it true. By His grace, His mercy, His love, I'm saved. And then in heaven, guess what? All things will be new. The past, I'll remember no more. It's really silly for us to think we have to go to our past to find grace. That we have to find Jesus Christ there when I was abused. No, I don't. Because I know He saw me through it. Now I stand saved. There's no greater gift you can have. And then if I allow God to work those things in and through my heart, He can use those things as instruments for His righteousness for others. Comfort those who need comfort. Pray for those who need prayer. To understand But only by the grace of God go I. Each one of us. He's given us power of the enemy. James, you know it. Therefore, listen. Therefore, don't miss this. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. See, it's, it's really a wonderful thing. That God has given us all this power if we just submit. We just yield. In fact, in the last four things, here you go, on the road. Every day, every day, I reckon, I take an account. God's grace, God's mercy, God's forgiveness. The power that He has given to me, that I am now dead to the old man, that I am now alive in Christ that the new nature I've been given is the Holy Spirit in me, that He is giving me not only the power to walk, but He also desires to teach me through this life. Every day, I have to choose. Every day, I have to either choose for God or choose for myself and the enemy. The world. Every day, I have this choice. Every day, I must choose who reigns in my heart. Is it Christ or me? Is it my feelings? Or is it truth? Is it what's right? Dwell on what's wrong. Dwell on my victory in Christ or dwell on my failure in myself? To let the misery, shame, and guilt and fear of sin continue to strike me as a believer. My strength and walk in Him. Or to walk in the understanding of His grace and mercy and His love and His joy, His peace, His purpose. Every day, I must present or yield myself to God. Take an account. Choose. Who reigns. Yield. The old song used to say, Trust and obey. There is no other way. I've talked to people before, and there's an understanding, I hope, with you all. The gospel does not need to be rewritten, the gospel needs to be heeded. The gospel needs to be taken at face value. Because if you take it at face value, you'll realize the face that we're taking the value from is Christ himself. That's why Paul warns that anybody that has the form of godliness but denying the power of the gospel, don't fellowship with him. Let God be true, never man a liar. Wow! All we can say is amen. But we all can say this too. Lord, you know the areas I struggle in. He already knows. Will You teach me, instruct me how to implement these things in my life to really trust you with it. Because that's what we're getting down to. Do we trust Him with our life because we trust Him in His death? And we trust Him... That He now reigns in heaven. And everything He does is good, righteous, and true. And that He loves you. Amen? Please stand with me? Let's pray. Father, we just thank You for these truths. And Lord, every one of us can say, Father, forgive us. Forgive us for not putting our trust in You. For not reckoning these things to be true as You have stated so clearly in Your Word. But Lord, we just also want to thank You. Thank You for, again, Your loving kindness towards us. It's new every morning. (laughs) And Your faithfulness to us. That You will continue to be faithful even though we may fail You quite a bit. A victory that is promised to us will be accomplished. Why? Because Christ is victorious. and We are victorious in Him. For those who overcome the world, those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that You would reign in our hearts. We pray, Lord, that we would reckon these truths, that we would count on these truths, that we would understand that they are to our accounts. And that every day we would choose You and that we would yield ourselves as instruments for You to use, not for us to use selfishly. Lord, I pray that You would give us the strength and the faith to implement these things every day, starting now. And we ask these things in His name that is the Lord of lords, that who is the King of kings, and whom we desire to reign uncontested in our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, Amen.